0: Most planning and most advertising budgets are predicated, even if it's unspeakingly predicated, but it's, they're predicated on this idea that reach delivers outcomes. And, and we are not certain that that is true or anymore.
1: Hiya, it's Omar Oaks, editor of The Media Leader. Just two more episodes after this one until we break up for Christmas. Um, the conversation you're about to hear today is a... Belter. And it's one of my personal favourites. We have the very thoughtful Rich Kirk, who is Chief Strategy Officer at Publicist Group Media Agency, Zenith. Kirky, as he's affectionately known within the agency, he has just written a fascinating piece for the media leader, which I'll post a link to in the show notes. He's lifted the lid on something Zenith has been quietly talking to its clients about, which is a concept called Right Reach. Um, Essentially, it's an attempt to solve the problem that many big advertisers have in this increasingly fragmented media ecosystem and landscape. Um, Back in the olden times, if you were an advertiser, you wanted to market a product or service, you just ring up your media agency and you run a big campaign on broadcast TV, broadcast radio, newspapers, outdoor posters. And to be honest, that's kind of it. Um, That's media planning and buying, or was anyway. Um, The ad agencies, the geniuses who come up with the creative idea or the wider brand strategy, they're the ones who would get all the credit for great advertising. Um, But what do you do? when primetime tv audiences are going down and down and what do you do when there is so much choice for audiences not just between linear channels and pay tv channels and there's increasingly longer list of these niche freeview and free sat channels but what about the competition for eyeballs that is coming from the likes of youtube tiktok nowadays the reason why this is particularly fascinating for me is number 1 because Well, clearly I've been writing about commercial media for too long and I don't have enough interest in my life. But also number two, this is a core issue for the media leader. It kind of gets to the heart of why we bang on so much about being 100% media and wanting to have conversations, the bread and butter combos about commercial media and frankly less so about creativity in advertising or broader marketing. This is because media, in my view, is the only growth area in terms of where the interesting conversations are in marketing and advertising all these issues about fragmenting audiences where do we put um, where do you put your media spend where do the audiences go how do we measure them how do we be consistent with that measurement these are all difficult issues and people have different tools suggestions opinions about it It's fascinating. It's where the interesting conversations are. And hopefully you see this interview with Rich Kirk as a reflection of that. And it's something we're going to be doing more of, big style, in 2023. So, on to the interview. I bring you Rich Kirk from Zenith.
0: There's a very uh, sort of embedded belief in our industry that reach is what you require to deliver brand and business outcomes in advertising. And so the vast majority of large campaigns, the kind of campaigns that you'd see walking down the street or turning ITV on in the evening or whatever, those campaigns are, are built all around reach. You know, how much reach can we deliver for the budget? And there's an accepted understanding that um, reach is a key driver of these business outcomes. And in uh, a, well, about five, six years ago, Les Burnett and Peterfield published a paper called uh, Medium focus in conjunction with the ipa and thinkbox and in that there was a, a chart on it's on page 15 actually because i was looking at it again this morning that shows that there's a very very strong correlation between reach available in a channel and its ability to deliver business outcomes we have recently been looking at the reach on a week-by-week basis that large major uk brands are able to achieve with their media plan and their spend. And we've been checking to see if that correlation with brand outcomes, and in some instances, business outcomes, still exists. And we found that that relationship, which Burnett and Field quoted as having an R-squared of 0.91, is now much, much, much weaker. To some instances, you could almost say that the relationship has broken down entirely. And so there is no relationship between reach and brand or business outcomes for some of the some of the advertisers that we studied and so we think that's like a big big problem because most planning and most advertising budgets are predicated even if it's unspeakingly predicated but they're predicated on this idea that reach delivers outcomes And, and we are not certain that that is true anymore and that is because since that paper was written by benetfield fragmentation in the media landscape has been rampant really, you know, uh, the media landscape is now more fragmented than it ever has been, and it is fragmenting at a scarily quick pace. So this problem is only getting worse. It's it's incredibly difficult to get a homogenous audience of millions and millions of people in one place at one time so that you can expose them to your advert. You know, if you, um, this is something that I did, I asked ITV to, year by year, since the turn of the millennium, give me an indication of how many programmes in the year achieved an audience of 15 million. So like what we would call like a big, big audience. And it's basically just a line going downhill, like uh, with a few exceptions, <laughs> obviously during COVID, there was a few broadcasts that achieved very high numbers, but generally they were on the BBC rather than on, on commercial television. And yeah, you know, in generally speaking, those big opportunities to reach millions upon millions of people all in one go are disappearing. And in the um, column that you wrote, um,
1: you reference right reach being a way to mitigate this or being a better predictor of success. So what's the difference? What do you mean by right reach?
0: So right reach is something that we've developed. So what we wanted to do was find a quantitative solution to this problem. So we wanted to find a metric that could be used to describe a media plan in the same way that reach is used to describe the size and the scale of a media plan. But we wanted that metric to be um, more reflective of the quality of the channels that were in the media plan uh, relative to one another. And we believe that if we did this, we would be able to find a metric that re re-established this link between reach and outcomes. And what we've been able to show is that we A, we have been able to build a metric like that, and then B, for the same advertisers and the same weeks of advertising, the, the the right reach number that describes their plan, which is calculated the same way for each of these different uh, in advertisers that we looked at, that is a much stronger predictor of the brand or the business outcome that the advertiser cares about.
1: And how, how do you prove that that's the case? I mean, let me into. I mean, um, um, if, you, if you throw equations
0: at me, I won't understand. But no, yeah, just yeah, broadly,
1: a... how are you able to prove this?
0: So what we've done is essentially we've taken the uh, the spend by channel uh, for advertisers over two years, week by week. So, you know, he's getting north of a hundred weeks with of uh, sorry, a hundred um, weekly, essentially media plans. And then we're calculating using the Sainsbury formula, which is the classic way of calculating cross-channel uh, campaign reach. Calculate the reach for every single week and then we're also getting an outcome measure for the same weeks. So it could be ad awareness is a popular one. Like, so how, how is that driving awareness of the, of the advertising? It could be a YouGov measure, like a, a perception statement, like quality or value, um, or it could be spontaneous brand awareness. Um, we've also looked at um, the output metric being advertising driven sales according to a client's econometric model. And when we correlate those two things, um, we can see that um, the relationship between reach, you know, classic, classically calculated reach, and and those outcomes is weak. But then, for the same weeks, the same advertising spend, we also calculate um, right reach using um, using the methodology that we've developed. And when we look at the correlation between those right reach numbers and the same outcome data. The correlation is much stronger by inferring that this right reach number which we believe is a, a more accurate reflection of effective reach the truly hard-working part of the plan and how scaled that part of the plan is is a better predictor of success which means that if moving forward we can use this to optimize a medium mix and also tell the client in question that our forecast of how well the campaign will perform is x percent less risky our forecast would have been if we'd been using reach as the primary metric so that's really interesting and
1: so um you mentioned lloyd's bank as one of your clients which um i think you you only won that at the end of last year they're relatively new clients so um they for example must be quite impressed with this i mean um explain to me how what what's different about their advertising decisions now
0: off the back of this information so that You know, we're using it on a variety of clients across the agency. And the key difference is that you're um, able to help clients lean into the media fragmentation as opposed to retreat from it. So clients acknowledge that media fragmentation is happening uh, and it tends to be sat behind almost all of the strategic questions they ask of a media agency at the moment. But generally speaking, without a methodology like this, Clients are uncertain uh, how a channel is, particularly newer channels, how they're contributing towards those important brand metrics. And they're also, they have less data to base their decisions on. With this methodology, we're able to say, look, we can show you based on two years of data for your company, that this right reach metric is a better predictor of success. And therefore, when we optimize the plan towards that number, it is telling us to you know, downweight particular channels, increase other channels, perhaps some of the newer channels are the ones that need to be increased. For instance, there's been a couple of clients who've historically invested a large amount in radio, and this methodology has helped them understand the need to diversify their audio spend across both linear radio and digital audio, which are two channels it can look at separately. Mm. And it enables the client to lean into their confidence and sign off those media plans. With, sorry, lean into the fragmentation and sign off those media plans with a degree of confidence that they would otherwise not be able to have.
1: Yes. So, um, so the, the 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 issue that we've had in media over the last few years to um, to um, tackle this fragmentation issue, as you put it, is actually to have better measurement. So you'll be aware of there are initiatives like flights The broadcasters yep. are now kind of working together yep. to better give advertisers information about um video on demand audiences as well as linear. Um, there is a very ambitious um scheme by Isba, the trade body for advertisers called Origin, where yep. the ultimate goal is to just be able to measure all media, all audiences of course all media without duplicating it for any yep. ad campaign. Um, but actually what you're talking about is actually, well, that's all well and good, but we can actually prove now um, how different decisions, as you say, kind of investing more in digital audio or vid- yeah. or video on demand for TV, yeah. um, you can actually prove those decisions now are going to be more effective. Because a lot of advertisers um, have kind of, I guess, been reluctant to make those decisions, even though they have that sense that that's where audiences yeah. are going, particularly younger audiences, but they can't actually prove it or their agency can't prove it.
0: Yeah, so all, the methodology that we've developed is all based on... Reach curve. So, for a given audience that the advertiser is interested in, let's say, you know, all adults for a major national brand that wants to reach everybody, if you would say all adults, you can get a reach curve for each of the channels that we look at, um, you know, in media, most, you know, 10 or 11 major channels that we look at. And it's those reach curves that we use at the basis of the analysis. Um, and we essentially modify them using coefficients that we believe. Dis- we believe describe the relative quality of the channels against one another. Um, Now, those reach curves, there's a lot of problems with the way that those reach curves are derived in the advertising world at the moment. And there's a lot of justifiable criticism of how accurate they are. Now, Seaflight and Origin are two projects that essentially, when you boil it all down to what it is, they essentially are trying to make those reach curves more accurate and more reflective of, of the real reach that channels can deliver. The issue that I, and there's not, those are valuable and laudable aims and you know we're a publicist with big supports so of both of those projects. What I would say is that for clients, um, whilst it will be brilliant to have a more accurate view of reach, they are products that will be available to all advertisers. And therefore the data that they produce will not give you as an individual advertiser any competitive advantage over the rest of the marketplace because the data that you can see mm. Is the same mm-hmm. as the, you know, it will be derived and produced in the same way as the data anyone else can see in the marketplace. Now, my job as a media agency operative is to give my clients a unique view of the media marketplace that no one else has, so that they have some competitive advantage. Um, so, I'm excited to see Seaflight and Origin reach the um, uh, reach fruition and reach uh, the ambition that the people behind them have for them. But that will still just give us a view of reach. Which we will then need to I still believe you will need to do something unique with so that a client can understand the value in that reach and the value in the media marketplace and where there is potentially undervalued media and overvalued media. And you're only going to do that by arriving at some sort of judgment on the relative quality of the channels. And then you'll be able to modify that that reach data, which is what this methodology what this methodology does.
1: Yeah. Uh, And well, um, you actually start off your piece by um, saying out front, there's never been a better time to be a media planner, I guess, kind of in the in the old days, um, where, you know, it's if it's all about reach, and you just kind of, you know, you you, you put your, 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 your ad spend on big telly and away you go. But in this world where people are making such different options about where they actually put their attention, um, it actually puts a lot more pressure on you within the organization, doesn't it, to come up with creative solutions. You know, you're, you're, you're coming up with this right-reach solution. Another agency might have um, a different way of doing it. Um, do, you, do you think it's going to get even more complicated in the next couple of years?
0: I mean, the only thing that I would say is guaranteed in the world of media is that the fragmentation won't slow down. You know, you've already, you know, we've already, in just in the last few months, we've gone from a world of, if you think about Teleus being uh, advertising against studio quality content on licensed broadcast channels delivered in a variety of different ways. We've gone from a UK media marketplace where, generally speaking, there's like three big sales houses in Sky, ITV, and uh, Channel 4, to a world where you've now got Netflix and Disney offering essentially the same format, just, you know, there's not really very much difference between what they're offering and what the, the big sales houses offer. You've also got Samsung with their CTV offering and then a myriad array of these um, fast free and supported television channels coming in as well. So just in TV, the marketplace is fragmenting incredibly rapidly. You could also say that in audio, you know, we used to have linear radio, then we had DAB, now I've got streamed radio over the internet. We've got streamed music platforms over the internet. We've got a world of podcasts. You know, there's 1.4 million English podcast titles on Acast alone. <laughs> so um, fragmentation is is happening really, really rapidly. And it's not just young audiences that are embracing this fragmentation. It's actually now, if you read um, the latest of IPA touchpoints papers, it's actually the older audiences that they're they're they uh, listening, uh, not listening, so their media habits are fragmenting the fastest of any age group. So this fragmentation is the only guarantee I think moving forward is that the landscape will become more fragmented, audiences will become less homogenous and it will happen quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, and I think that's why I say it's never been a, there's never been a better time to be a media planner because it's really like, the ways in which you can build a campaign with 80% reach now are so there's so many different options whereas previously you were limited to maybe one two or three different routes to get to that figure now there are hundreds and hundreds of different routes to get to a a reach of eighty percent and you've got to be able to understand well which is the best of those routes which is the most effective of those routes and that's a massive challenge and it means that there's a huge amount of value in being a media planner that you can offer to to clients, much more so than I think our media planning forebears were able to offer. Not uh, you know, not to do down the people that have come before us, but I, I think that we're just operating in a much more volatile, much more fragmented landscape, and therefore the amount of opportunity to add value to clients is greater than it ever has been.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. And just um, briefly to pick up on that point and um, to close with, um, what, would your be, what would your advice be generally to people entering the industry and maybe interesting in being a, a strategist, a media planner, um, with everything we've just been talking about in terms of fragmentation and there's never been a better time. What would be your advice to someone coming into this industry?
0: I think keep an incredibly open mind about media I think one of the big problems is that a lot of people get into media at the moment by being a specialist in one channel, which is understandable given how broad media is. It's hard to come in and be a generalist from day one. You've got to really sort of specialise in one area. The problem is, is that leads to a lot of people getting into more senior roles who have very, very specific ideological ties to particular media. Um, And... I don't think that's a good thing. So I think the most important thing that you can do if you're a media planner and you, you're wanting to to develop a career in media planning is to keep a, an open mind and to and to try and always be as neutral as you can when it comes to questions of of where should where's the best place to spend money in media and try to find unique ways to analyse the data that's available to get to a an answer that's determined by by data and not determined by you know what you've previously invested a lot of time and money in uh, in the past um it's okay to change your mind about media channels and how media works in fact i would encourage it
1: good um fascinating um thank you richard kirk very much for coming on to the show and um, we'll put a link to your piece um and any other supporting materials um in the show notes for this um thank you very much Well cool. thanks for having me on mark well. cheers Thanks again for listening to the Media Leader podcast. And there's more of where that came from on our website. The media leader.com is our website. You can sign up to our daily newsletter in the UK and weekly roundup of media in the US. You can also find us on YouTube, where we are posting video interviews and clips from our live events, our LinkedIn page, where people like to comment on the things that we're posting, and Twitter, where all our stuff is pretty much pumped out like a beautiful fountain of media industry content. That's it. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.